Ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for the 2023 fantasy football regular season. Big exhale. Holy cow. I, I can't believe we've made it through 14 weeks and we're playoff bound, baby. Uh, so welcome to Hank's Hot Takes Playoff Edition. I'm your host, Hank Drefts, and I am so excited to share with you all that Dirty Flip Flops is a playoff team. Two years in a row, we slid in the back door. I've never been more excited. This is, I don't even care about winning the mug. That might be a little bit much. Certainly, I would love to win one. But the thought of I don't have to worry about this year's punishment is just such a weight taken off of my shoulders and I'm in such a good mood. I got me a voodoo ranger, eight and a half percent. So I might get a little frisky on tonight's show. So let's jump into it. This is Hank's hot takes. Welcoming on a man who has set the precedence since joining the league in, I believe it was 20. Let me double check here. 2019 hasn't missed the playoffs been a staple up there, got himself a mug. We visited him after that mug in mini. Ladies and gentlemen, entering his first toilet bowl, none other than Hey Hey, Captain Jack, Eric, motherfucking cook. Thank you, Hank. That was, uh, that was a very nice welcome. Uh, nicer than I feel being in the bowl, in the toilet shitter bowl. Um, but I appreciate the intro and, uh, yeah, tough year, tough year all around. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into it, but congrats to you, Hank. Um, if Jefferson gets hot, you never know, man. You never know. So, I I, I think the place to start is with Hey Hey Captain Jack, and I mean, since since entering the league in 2019, I mean, how many years have you had Mahomes and Kelsey? Uh, this is actually my first year with Mahomes, um, but I've had Kelsey, uh, I think this is my third, either third or, yeah, third or fourth team with Kelsey. <laughs> um, I can't get enough of the loser, you know, uh, the Taylor Swift love and tight end. You know, it's, it's one of those things, man, where you 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 ride the high hand. You 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 stick with a guy that has done so much for you, and it's hilarious to be talking about Travis Kelsey in in the light that we are, even though he's still the number one tight end in the league. But just not just not the Travis Kelsey putting up four TDs in a game in Week 14. Um, you know, a very casual, low teens guy this year, and obviously he's all over the internet with doing other things so it's it's pretty apparent that the the it's just not the same Travis Kelsey of old who from an outside perspective kind of seems like the catalyst of oh hey hey Cam Jack yeah yeah I mean you're definitely a spot on I think uh you know he's taken a little bit of a step back I think honestly it's more of the offense around him and if you look at Mahomes numbers too it's like not a typical Mahomes year and they're clearly just missing that deep threat wide out. Um, 
and they, their offense is just not that explosive. And obviously that's part of why they're struggling and you have Mahomes frustrated after the game last week. But yeah, I, it's not so much, honestly, that Mahomes and Kelsey had a terrible year. It's more just like the money that I spent on them doesn't warrant their kind of average production. Um, and yeah, it's kind of sad. I can't even blame it on like a big injury I had throughout the year or anything like that. Um, it's just, uh, it was kind of an average team and that kind of led to average results. So puts me where I'm at now. Um, I think my trade uh, to trade Gibbs was probably a pretty big mistake, but at the time Gibbs was doing nothing. And I also didn't know Montgomery was going to go down for a few weeks. So um, yeah, tough, tough. I think Gibbs, if I hold on to Gibbs, even with a bad kind of a below year for Kelsey and Mahomes, I think I'm at least in the playoffs, um, but could have, should have, would have, that's a, that's a game, right? Yeah. And I mean, certainly, you know, we, you know, go down these rabbit holes and most of the time we're bullshitting and joking around, which, you know, is, is very uh, true to a fantasy football podcast. I never lose focus of that, but I mean, it is worth noting that you, of the things you can't control, you gave up the most points this year. Um, Mm And I, you know, sometimes it's just a stroke of bad luck. I mean, from a points four perspective, you were ranked fifth. So you're a top five team. Um, and unfortunately, you just, you know, you had the Lions defense. You had to win in shootouts. And in fantasy football, you can't control that. And that's sometimes just the nature of the beast. So, Cook, I, I, I welcome you as a, as a veteran of the Toilet Bowl. Welcome, sir. We're, we're glad to have you. Thank you. I hope uh, I hope I'm not here long. I hope I don't have to see the second game. <laughs> um, but I appreciate the warm welcome. Hopefully it's a uh, hopefully it's a one and done year for me. We'll see. Yes. And so if memory serves, and I hope someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but basically this week means absolutely nothing for the toilet bowl crew. Does that does that sound right? Yeah. Yep. I mean I. I know matchups haven't been set yet for the toilet crew, uh, but right now, like on ESPN, I'm playing Tal, and you know he's got all of his starters on the bench. I like the message he always sends with that. Tal's a Tal, someone who's been here before, and I like his antics. Um, yeah, yeah. So if I'm if I'm correct, as you said, yeah, this week means nothing for the losers. We just have uh, two two first round playoff matchups. Yeah, bingo. So let's. Let, let, let's let's recap week 14 and, and, and how we ended up in the positions that we're in. So as as eloquently put in last week's episode from the commish, we had four teams basically hunting that last spot. It, it was tall up a game, uh, me and you tied at five and eight and Skyver at four and nine. I, I believe that it was, uh, no, sorry, he, he was at, five and eight also. So basically we need to tell to lose if we're looking at the games from me and yours perspective. And, and we got just that we were, we were very, very fortunate that T um, that's it's, he was in the driver's seat. He had total control of his situation and 
he was unable to get it done, Cook, and I, and I think that's maybe the, where we'll start the first game of um, – Oh come on, internet's going a little slow for me now. But uh, it, it, let's talk about the game. Let's talk about Tall's game first. Yeah, yep. Um, you kind of. I feel like he's. Uh, I know he's playing a heavy who's who's obviously had a down year, but uh, you know, you just eventually you think that Allen Diggs connection is going to hit. And although he didn't get a lot out of Diggs, he got a twenty spot from from Allen and then uh, a nice performance on Monday night from D hop, um, which was kind of the difference. I mean, nothing super flashy outside of that. And then, you know, on the other side, I think uh, Tal uh, has been playing the quarterback game all year and he just pulled, he pulled the wrong trigger on Jordan love, which uh, if you start a Packer in, week 14 uh to go to the playoffs i just feel like you almost get what you deserve there you know sorry to do that to you t but uh you you can't be starting love there i mean the guy we've been rooting against the packers our whole life and i you just can't go into a game that you need i think rooting for that kind of guy so bad i just thought bad juju there um tal had a decent i mean he had some points, but just nothing, uh, nothing popped for him, I guess. And uh, yeah, fortunately for you, uh, that was enough to uh, to give you a shot to creep in there. You see anything else in that game? Oh man, this the, I I watched this game more closely down the Sunday night stretch, and certainly in Monday than I that I think I've actually wa- scoreboard watched any of my own games. Um, Knowing that I knowing that I needed a tall loss and I'm rooting for Havy, we we hit Monday night and Jordan Love up eight or nine points on Havy's AJ Dillon and then uh DeAndre Hopkins. Um towards the end of the game, Havy was up I think half a point. He he wasn't up very much, and and it was a tight one. And the Packers had either three or four downs from the one, and they they went empty set all four downs. And there was a play where the receiver caught the ball, took two steps, and then the defender swatted it out. And they ended up calling it an incompletion. So at the time, that was that would have been the nail in the coffin. If um, uh, excuse me, if Jordan Love cashes that touchdown pass in. Um, so thankfully, just after that, um, DeAndre Hopkins catches a late touchdown and pads Havy's stats a little bit, which propelled me past. Um, held me past tall and then sort of segueing into your game then all of a sudden my my focus switches so fastly from this game to your game where here comes the other monday night game the dolphins needing a score late granted i had i have tua but that doesn't help me in, in your quest of beating jeff and thankfully the king himself, the Jeffy Baldus man, Derrick Henry, 
punches one in to kind of, you know, uh, to kind of crash any last ditch hopes that, that you were going to make on me there. So but that, that's a, that's a segue into your game there, Mr. Hey, Hey, Captain Jack. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I didn't have a, have an awful week, but also not a phenomenal week. And, uh, I, I was flipping Mahomes and uh, Big Cock Brock uh, over and over, like all week long. I was just like, who do I want to go with in this game? And it, it's one of those things. I My head said Brock, but at the same time, if I ride Mahomes all year and he decides to put up his 30 spot, uh, I was going to kick myself if it was sitting on the bench in that moment. So, I went with the guy that's been there all year and probably regret it. Cause I think, you know, I left nine points out there with that difference. And uh, obviously it's still not enough to win, but it would have made things a lot of interesting, a lot more interesting. And um, yeah, that, that Derrick Henry touched on late. And then uh, I was watching some of the Seattle 49ers game and like watching Debo. Uh, it's so scary. Cause he's just, Jeff having Debo and Kittle is like, it's two guys that I love to root for, but it's also so scary when you're playing them. And they both had, you know, huge games, especially Debo with, with uh, 30, 30 points. So yeah, tough pill to swallow, but just been just dynamite all year. And I knew it was, I knew I had to put up some serious points to try to get them. And I didn't do that. So, you know, uh, didn't deserve to win, and uh, now uh, now I'm very nervous. So that's uh, yeah, that's what I'd say about that matchup. Yeah, and a a huge shout out to one the Foggy Do for winning the regular season. He's your regular season champ, uh, going home with two hundred dollar dues in his pocket. None other than the Foggy Do, Jeffy B. Congratulations. Uh, not only are you the number one seed and the regular season champ, you were very instrumental in helping old dirty flip-flops advance into the playoffs. Yeah, okay. and the uh, the it would have been very interesting with if I could have pulled it off. Um, you know, the point difference between you and I was also something that was not on my radar until we got to uh late last weekend and then I was like, Oh shit, not only do I have to win and Tal has to lose, but then I'm then I'm constantly looking at what Hank's doing and I'm I'm watching, you know, Evan Ingram, a tight end, uh put up twenty seven and then I love just the double tight end move. I, it's just a great move. Uh and so I was uh I was nervous on all accounts, man. It was a fun last weekend, though. A lot of, a lot of action. Yeah, it, it sure was. And that was why that, that Derrick Henry touchdown from Jeff was so big because you would have been in, like, down 9 or 10 to Jeff with the Dolphins about to retake the field. And it, it wasn't – all. I think you were up – 13 or 14 points on me but then you like in order to beat Jeff you know nine points in in a drive is certainly doable with you know half receptions and even a touchdown so 
it got it got real real hectic there for a minute and then again shout out to the king himself for kind of putting you away because from a points perspective i think if you had won with your current score i would have advanced by i think two points so it was it, it was it was certainly super tight for that last spot for sure man yep and uh you know who else was instrumental in old dirty flip-flops advancing here as the sixth seed? Oh, nice. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I got I to gotta, I gotta just give it up for my boy. This is why you spend all season hyping up your rival, Cook. You love his team. You want, you, want, you want the best for him. And then when it matters most, you run out a 116 burger, and he falls flat on his face with a 75. And uh, hallelujah, hallelujah. So very, very happy that it all worked out the way that it did. Dirty flip-flops, moving on. And he wants some more. He's going to come back and <laughs> wants a little bit of that action here in uh, here in the first round. And I got to shout out the <laughs> the bonus content that Munns sent over. I'm assuming that's – did you watch the videos that he sent? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming the video of the kid yelling, I'm going to jump this jump is Munzel, and that's the funniest video I think I've ever seen. <laughs> that was great, man. That was great. And the Terry Falcon video, just once in a while when that gets recirculated, that just uh, – that video always hits. It, it's always. never not funny. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man, you uh you got blessed with a nice little uh a nice little turd nugget there to go against in the in the biggest week of the year. And um, you know, I'm sure we'll get into the preview with, with your matchup, but like Toe Knife is is somewhat limping in the playoffs here with losing three straight and then losing uh Herbert now for the season. Um yeah, yeah, you got you got your rival and he wants he wants some more. So, you know what they say, like when you go for the king, you best not miss. And I I I think the other saying that that the playoff preview will provide is, you know, in in any sport they say it's hard to beat a, it it's hard to beat a team 3 times in a season. So, I I'm guessing Munzel is hanging his uh hanging his hat on that pretty heavily. Um so then the last matchup that had any mild implications to it was backwoods cleopatra and bullfrog um granted bullfrog needed to win uh and needed both me and you to lose got two out of three got him got tall to lose got you to lose uh of course as mentioned several times already and i'm sure it won't be the last I got the dub, keep keeping me out of reach of Bullfrog, and then um, he 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 fell short here too. I gotta be thinking that the hottest team in the league right now, and Backwoods Cleopatra gets it done, one twenty one to eighty nine. Yeah, yep, and uh, you know Bullfrog takes a a a tough a tough loss with Stroud going out in the game. Um, that's yeah. Sucks when a guy gets hurt and uh 
you know, you just, you know, you're going to sit there with like three points for the rest of the week out of the QB. Um, but same thing. I, I mean, I think this matchup similar to me and Jeff where, you know, you're not gonna, you're not going to play a team here. That's going to lay a 90 spot most likely. And you got to have a week where you put up some serious points and, and uh bullfrog unable to do that. Cleopatra rolls on and, yeah, man, that's a that's a scary team up and down. I mean, and they're they're seemingly just hitting on all cylinders. So, uh, got to give Mo a lot of credit. He's been he's been hot on the waiver wire this year, and he's he's really pulled some some strings. Um, I dropped Singletary, uh, and then Pierce immediately gets hurt, and then you know he outbids me to get him back. So. Um, yeah, I just think Alex been he's been making some nice some nice moves and he's gotta be one of the hottest teams going into this thing. Yeah, and I, I mean I had I dropped Ezekiel Elliott the week before Ramondre Stevenson went out. Mo, Mo scoops him up and he's scored thirty five points in, in the last two weeks. So uh if you're going to win a fantasy football championship, you need some of those bounces to go your way. And um, down the stretch here, the, those bounces are going in the direction of backwoods Cleopatra, which uh, uh, a, a scary concept to, to think of not only the type of mug one might present to just the greatest person ever, but also his, his braggadociousness at next year's draft would be it would be a it'd be a spectacle to to watch it would be yeah i would be i'm kind of pulling for it i just think yeah that drama would be all time all time i couldn't agree more and then in in probably and i i guess maybe you, you tell me your thoughts here but so on rivalry week i would say this last matchup is the biggest rivalry in the league Ooh, hot take okay i well the, the, that poses the question then which one which one would you pick is is the biggest rivalry in the league oh man that's tough um you're, I mean, you might be right. I just haven't really thought about it. Yeah, Brett and Ben Hoof are usually playing for something, I feel like. Um, I feel like Jeff and I have had some battles lately where both of us have been have had playoff teams the past couple of years. Uh, I guess, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's a fair point. You might be right. And, and, and one, thing I, one thing I'm just talking out loud here, Hank, but I didn't realize that the first two rounds – first two matchups this year with the playoffs are are rivalries from the week before we just had double rematches going on yeah we we, we sure do um and, and we'll get into Munzel's uh selection here but yeah that's a that's a great note and I think maybe at, at my my thought on this being the biggest rivalry is like from the lens of someone who records a podcast about the show and like it it comes up frequently that we're we're either shit talking brett or or or, or the commission has got to make sure he comes on the airways to let his rival know what he thinks so 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 perhaps that's what it's from maybe it's just the most talked about one uh however brett brett stands tall and says i won't be hearing any of that commish 
136-103 in a playoff preview game, as you beautifully mentioned. And Rashad White goes out there, drops the 20-burger on hoof, and um, yeah, like Dak and CD go for 34, but you know when they've been pacing 70, uh, I guess it's considered a, a lackluster game, and certainly as one uh, summer or formerly summer breeze will tell you the Buff- Buffalo's offense has not been what it used to be. And Jacob Van Hoof was definitely a victim of that here in week 14. Yeah. Yep. I think that's fair. Um, you just can't. Yeah. Gabe Davis having a, uh, a goose egg is you can't, you know, you just can't have that. Um, Got to give Brett a lot of credit with, you know, he loses Stevenson and then Mark Andrews out for what could be the year or at least, you know, until a deep playoff push. Um, and then he puts in Njoku who gets two touchdowns and, um, you know, has a good team or has a good week, even with Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, only put up nine, which, you know, you know that guy's going to be there for the playoffs and the brotherly shove that gets, uh, two touchdowns a game. So, um, yeah, kind of tip your hat to BK to just have a, have a really solid week, even without the QB play. Yeah. And it, it, it certainly sets up the slug fest here, here into the playoffs. So, uh, you know, that, that game strictly for bragging rights, I, I, I guess, uh, really it was more of a, opportunity for Munzel to review review his options granted I, I I can imagine it would have taken a lot of injuries and or managerial uh, decisions for Munzel to pick anybody other than the sixth seed so uh, so so we'll, uh, congratulations to can't sleep need more players and juice in the drought and then, of course, our regular season champ, the Foggy Dew. And then coming in the two spot, Backwoods Cleopatra. And then the other quarterfinal matchup will be Toe Knife versus Dirty Flip Flops, which one of the cooler wrinkles of our league, and, and, and obviously there are so many, is the, you know, the playoff selection process. Um, Mun says he wants to, you know, he wants round three. Uh, I, I happily can serve that dish. Uh, but it, maybe this is a silly question, Cook, but any any consideration in, in choosing uh, perhaps juice in the drought or can't sleep, need more players, or is it as straightforward as it may seem? Um, I think it's, yeah, I think it's straightforward in the sense of, uh, it's not so much that your team can't put up points. It's just that I think the consistency of, uh, of BK and, and hoof, um, I think they're guaranteed to get about 110, 120 a week. And, uh, I think if you're Matt, I, I also like the, I like the play to say, you know, it's really hard to beat a team three times. Uh, and I kind of like that. I think that translates a little bit for whatever reason. And yeah, I think I'm in, I think I'm in the same, same spot he is. Yeah. And, and a very in- interesting predicament for, 
Trail toe knife because, as you mentioned, it does kind of feel like Munzel is getting to the playoffs, you know, having lost a tire, he's riding on a bald one and, you know, he, he's running on fumes here. Like it's, he's, he's in the playoffs. He's got no issues of, of having to become big buck hunter, but it does feel like he came in kind of sideways here. So trying to pick someone that, you know, potentially could win in a, in, in a snail race, I, I think dirty foot is, is a pretty good contender. Um, especially seeing as my team is very, um, Tentative injury-wise, this year, my, my both Tyreek and Justin Jefferson are are potentials are questionable for, for the week. So uh, you know, it, it's not a bad decision at all, I think. And one thing Munzel and I were texting about today, which I think is funny, is I tried so very hard last night to go for like the cuck of the year. So I, I had this plan, and I had a few guys on my bench that were just they've never seen the light of day. And I was called out for one of them on the show recently with Miles Sanders. Uh, you know, don't, we don't need to discuss Miles Sanders, but my, my, my hope was I, I was going to try and pick which quarterback I thought Munns was going to take off the waiver wire after losing Justin Herbert. And yeah. I, I was going to, I was going to outbid him for that guy. And I was going to pick up like the next two quarterbacks off the waiver wire and just roll four quarterbacks into week, you know, into this quarterfinal matchup here. And then, you know, make Munns have to go down and play with, oh, I don't know, Baker Mayfield or um, the Vikings guy Mullins. So yep. I, I, I did my research and Matthew Stafford seemed like the, he he's the guy I would have picked up if I need a quarterback. So unfortunately the, the thing that stopped my evil genius plan was Bunzel's not an idiot one and two yep. he, he, he had a few more waiver wire dollars than I did and I think it's so I think it's so perfect because he was definitely on to me that he nommed one dollar more than what I had available so he, he nommed 43 for Matthew Stafford and I had, I had throw, I had threw the kitchen sink at it with all my money. So I, I got to shout out months for a little bit of a chess match there for him to get his quarterback here in week four, uh, week 15. That's a nice move. Yeah, that's a nice move. I didn't know. I didn't know that backstory. Um, I didn't realize. Yeah. I didn't realize how close that was. And Nice move by Munz. I think Stafford is a nice pickup. They're in the hunt for the playoffs, and they're going to have to have it here. And, you know, I, who who better to turn to than uh, the familiar foe in, in Matt Stafford? I like that move a lot. Yeah, I, I me, me, me too, uh, which is why I, I was actively actively fighting against it. So that, that that's just a fun waiver wire nugget from earlier this week. Um. Before we jump into these two matchups that we have to pick this week, I'm, I'm dying to know. I, 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 we've asked this to some other some other Michigan diehards, but where are you with our Wolverines? Um, what's the confidence level? Are we are we winning it all? You, you you tell me. This is the Michigan Wolverines segment. Yeah, yeah, Hank, I'm, you know, I'm about as biased as they come, but um, it's the best shot 
I think Michigan's ever had for a national championship, certainly in our lifetime. And it's their best, it's their best team in the playoff the past three years. It's also, I think, the weakest field in terms of not having to play Georgia. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, I think Alabama scares me a lot because it's Alabama. But one stat for you that I think is uh, in Michigan's favor is I saw something that 85% of the public money is on Alabama, which makes me love Michigan um, because it's just Vegas's dream right there that – the favorite to win it all has 15% of the money on them. Um, I like that. I like that a lot for Michigan's sake. I think uh, if they can limit Milrow, which is a big if, uh, I think Alabama's offense is not that elite this year. Um, and they're somewhat inconsistent. And, you know, people are quick to point out they beat Georgia, uh, but they quickly forget that they should have lost the week before to Auburn, um, who is not good. And uh, they've been in some close games this year. So I like Michigan's chances, man. I think um, this team just feels like they have a ton of seniors and they have a ton of guys that came back for this moment to finally get a playoff win. Um, I do think Texas Washington is scary if you do come out of the the semifinal because they can both put up crazy points. And I think you get, I think you get into a little situation like last year against TCU where you just get down and you're going to have to throw 50 times because you're playing from behind um, where I think style wise, Bama will slow it down more like Michigan, which I think helps Michigan. Um, but I'll say it right now. I think this is uh, I think this is the year, Hank. I think they win a, close game in both instances. Um, I think they're going to do it though. Yeah. I, it, very, very well said cook. I think, I think the game will be decided with Alabama, Alabama's offense and Michigan's defense. I think our offense is going to do what they do. This Python, four quarters of suffocation. We're not going to waver from what we do offense and just put up, you know, be able to play in, in that style of game where we, we control the situations. Um, and then just Alabama's offense versus our defense is by far the biggest, biggest question mark of the game. And the, the thing I'm worried about similarly to what you said is if we get in a shootout, like we did last year with TCU, we haven't played in too many of those shootout type situational games. You know, the, the OSU game was great, but we, ha we really haven't like had to play from behind more than, more than one or two scores, like, like having to kind of force things. So as long as we kind of stay in control and are playing Michigan Wolverine-esque football, I think Michigan wins this thing all day long. It's when, it's when the game gets, when we get out of our game script and then we have to start doing things that we haven't done all year, it, it's hard to ask guys to flip switches that they don't know actually exist. So I'm, I'm all in. I, I'm Michigan all the way here, especially in the semifinal game. Uh, and again, you, you nailed it. If there was ever a year to win it, I mean, the, 
the, the table's wide open, especially for the one seed. Yes, sir. Yep. And I think, uh, you know, Bama is, is always going to be tough no matter what, even in a typical, like, I mean, they have one loss and I think people are saying Bama's a little bit down this year. So I don't want to take them lightly, but, uh, I cannot emphasize enough not having to play Georgia. Um, I know Georgia's not going to get in the playoff when you lose, you know, to Bama and both teams are sitting with one loss and, you know, Bama just beat them head to head, but that Georgia team is still scary. They got, you know, talent everywhere. And, um, they, you know, I think Michigan's got to capitalize on this. This is the best chance. And, uh, this is when JJ's got to let it loose a little bit. I think he's going to have to make some throws. I think Bama's good enough to kind of let them let Michigan kind of try to run on them, but they're not going to load the box like other teams do. Um, they're just going to play their game and I think try to make JJ McCarthy beat them. So I'm excited, man. It's going to be a fun one and, and uh, hopefully they can get it done. Uh, God, I, I love it. You're, you're, you're firing me up, man. I'm, I, I'm very, very excited for those games for sure. Um, okay. So, I mean, Michigan all the way. I, I, I'm glad to hear the confidence is still there. Uh, where are you at from a Honolulu Blue perspective? The local radio has lost their ever friggin' mind. I'll, I'll tell you what the the 97 one. The ticket is you know, everyone is, is familiar with that. Um, the fan base is calling for Goff's head, and it's Hendon Hooker time, and all of these different things and Ben Johnson is, is safe in his job, job security because he can't seem to call goal line plays. Um, I, I don't know if I, if I'm that, if I'm going that drastic seeing as we haven't been nine and four in forever, but here is what, what your thoughts are here. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm disappointed in how they've been playing lately because, you know, I think, you can sense it's getting a little late in the year and you, you want to be playing your best ball and they're, they're clearly not the past couple of weeks. Um, but just, I got to put a little public service announcement out there. I know a couple of years ago I got on here, Hank, and I said that everyone needed to relax. Um, we're going to get there. It's the right organization. And that was when the Lions started one and six and they seemingly ripped off, um, eight out of nine, I believe, and, and barely missed the playoffs last year. Um, I feel like the fan base needs another, uh, another talking to because um, they're nine and four. They're two games up in the division. They have two games against the division left in which they're playing a Vikings team that is now on to their third quarterback of the year. And Justin Jefferson, although he's probably playing is clearly not 100%. Uh, you got to like your chances in at least splitting that. And then, you know, you get Denver at home and you're at Dallas where you can, I think, truly find out if if you're worth a damn this year. And uh, I still think the fans have to settle down that this is like, this is a good team. We should be happy with with where we're at, but it's still, I think, not a Super Bowl team. And they're a year, they're a year ahead of schedule based on how quick of a start they got off to this year. And uh, you know they're clearly they're missing some pieces still. So 
They cannot stop anyone. The offense has struggled a little bit lately, but you know, I think one uh one thing to point out, Hank, is that like if I had to put faith that if if one side of the ball is gonna figure it out, I would say that it's the offense. And I think the defense is actually doing enough right now to keep them in it. The offense has just been turning the ball over like crazy. Uh and I think so the next four games remaining are all inside two of them at home and I just like the Lions chances to get back on track here um I think they'd probably split I think they might go two out of four here down the stretch um but that puts you at 11 and five and uh or sorry 11 and six and that's a basically I believe that would be about locking up the division and uh you gotta be happy if you give me a division championship this year uh We've come a long way, Hank. We, it's good to raise expectations, but we got to remind sometimes, like, this, this is fun. We got to enjoy this while we're at it because it, it could be a lot worse, as we know. I, I, I pray to God that this episode goes viral just so everybody gets, <laughs> get, get, gets to hear that, Cook. I, I think that's so, so very well said. I mean, we're 9-4. and four. Like you said, we're two games up in the division. I think the the frustration of the camp or the people that are frustrated, it comes from we're getting to a place where the ability for us to get better via the draft, you know, ideally next year, is going to meet the head of we're going to have to start paying out some of these guys in order to keep some of the pieces of our team that are, uh, that are good right now, i.e. the offensive line, granted, when they're healthy. Um, yeah. you know, Amon Ra is going to be ca- catching a bag here soon. Like, they, there's a lot of moving pieces that have to happen for us to, to kind of retain who we are and then also you know, take that next step forward. However the part that I'm completely on board with you is like at the trade deadline, we didn't sacrifice our future for this season. So it's kind of like, you know, we a have the ability to compete and win our division and, you know, ideally a playoff game, if not further, I think you're blind to say we are able to run with, San Francisco or uh, Dallas. I mean, I know Philly's been a little rough, but I put them up there. Like, there are some teams playing some really high level ball right now. But, th- like, I am in no way, shape, or form saying sell golf this season is a total bust. I mean, this is the first time that we, since we've been alive, that we're talking about winning the NFC North. Like, it's just, I, I, I definitely don't take that for granted. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree, Hank. And, um, you know, I think it's frustrating at the trade deadline to not do anything because you know that they're close. But at the same time, like, I think Brad Holmes smartly did not sell the future and give up, say, a first or a second round pick to land somebody on like a, on maybe a one or two year, you know, end of contract situation. So I'm happy with it. I know, you know, you. I will say I think one fair knock is 
it seems like Ben Johnson and the offense has gotten super conservative. And instead of doing what they do and kind of controlling the, the tempo and just kind of saying like, we're going to keep taking shots. It seems like they've gotten ultra conservative and, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's on golf. I don't know if he's missing throws out there or if uh, if it's on the if it's on the calls. But we got to do something to get Jamison Williams more involved consistently because he flashes. I mean, he flashes crazy potential, and they like refuse to get him the ball more than once or twice a game. Um, and obviously, like they're gonna bring him along, but. Uh, I just I think we got to see the offense go back to taking shots and, you know, if they make a mistake, not getting rattled by it, because right now they just look a little out of sorts, but got to be happy with it. Um, things can change on a weekly basis. So uh, I'm I'm excited to see how they come out against Denver at home prime time on Saturday night, man. I think that's going to be a, a fun game and and I hope they come out just firing. I love it. I, I'm i certainly all in. And, you know, there's still a quarter of the regular season left for them to, like, you know, kind of get this thing hot again, headed into the playoffs. So I, I love it, Cook. I'm completely on board with you. I, I think we're sipping from the same Kool-Aid. Um, and I mean, go Lions, baby. Go Lions, dude. Go Lions. What a time to be alive. You got Michigan in the playoff and and the Lions on the doorstep of trying to close out a division for the first time in our lifetime. I mean, truly, I don't know if it gets better than this, Hank. Dude, I, I don't think it does. And uh, just uh, as a Detroit sports fan, which this is certainly my number fourth sport of the big four, apparently the Pistons are really, really good this year. Have you heard about them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're firing on all cylinders. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, holy shit, man. I saw uh, a stat on uh, Barstool that if you bet $100 on the Pistons' opponent money line for the last 21 games and rolled over the winnings each game, you'd be up 85K. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, a uh, little tip out there. I'm not on the streak because I feel like it's going to probably end soon, but as soon as the Pistons win a game, I'm personally going to start betting money line opposite team and uh, see how far I can roll it for. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I, I, I'm down. Let's let's wait until they get that <laughs> third win of the season, and and then we'll yep. jump back on the L train. Exactly. I'll. Yep. Yep. Let's do it, man. Love it. Well, the time has come, Cook. We only have. Yeah, two games to pick from here in, in the quarterfinals of the playoffs um, in the toilet bowl. Uh, we got nothing going on this week. Um, and then next week, or uh, I guess anytime between now and then Tolliver will make his decision on who he's going to be playing in, in the semifinals of the toilet bowl. Uh, what, what are your thoughts there? Um, you think it's a no-brainer? Uh, I guess maybe it would make sense for me to maybe pick first. Um, or what, how do you, how do you want to handle the toilet bowl? Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, let's get your thoughts first. See if we're uh, on the same page. Yeah. So, so if I'm all the, I, I don't want to call him. 
he he's been here before. I I, I think you said it beautifully. <laughs> Tolliver's been here before. He he's not worried. Um, and then you have Bullfrog, who's been down here before too. Both of them have seen the ugly side of of the toilet bowl. If you look at the auction era, um, Skyver's gotten it twice. Or I guess the the one was would have been the last regular season. Um, so basically, since the punishments of of twenty since twenty sixteen. Uh, Skyver's had it twice and Powell's had it once. So you're almost scared of of, of that fact, but the the point remains that, you know, Bullfrog and Tall have been down here because their fantasy teams aren't that great. Um, But more so right now, the alternative is the two-time mug holder in nicotine withdrawals who you just – it seems like it's hard to pick against him, but here he is down bad. And then the newcomer in, in you, uh, I mean, the, from the, the first stat of the show, I, I, I think I would, I would not consider you. I, I think if I'm tall, I look and I say, okay, cook has, you know, had a bad streak of luck. He's given up tons and tons of points and maybe you know like you said with the pistons if you want to if you want to press lady luck and see if it's just one of those days where pe- people seem to go off on you that's that's maybe one avenue to explore but if i'm tall i want to win week 1 so i don't have to worry about week 2 when more so than ever teams will slowly start um phasing out their starters and and that whole thing is always so interesting at the end of the season of how much playing time your best guys are going to get and all of that is things i'm sure he's considering but if i need a must win and i need it here in week 14 or excuse me in, in week 15 i'm taking bullfrog i'm going tall versus if i'm tall i'm picking skyver week 15 Pray that the Bijan Brees combo doesn't hit, and that this Puka magic is gonna go quiet, and you you get into a slug fight, and you you try and sneak one out against Bullfrog. I just can't, in good faith, take the two the two time mug holder or a guy that in for if we played in a guillotine league would be in the playoffs in Hey, Hey, Captain Jack. So by process of elimination, I, I think I have to take Tolliver to pick Skyver for week 15. Yeah, I think um, obviously I'm biased. I think that's probably the logical choice. Um, I th- You know, I think all four of us in the toilet bowl have, Maybe some question marks, obviously. So that's that's why we're here. Uh, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see Tal's uh, selection because you know Tal's always up for something. Uh, sometimes he's got a reason to do something that maybe no one sees coming. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if uh, you know. Maybe he wants a little bit of the newcomer. Maybe he. Uh, maybe he wants a little a little piece of that two-time mug guy. So it'll be interesting to see, but I think on paper that makes the most sense. You know, that's, uh, that's a really good point, Cook, because 
Tal might Tal might have a reason that is it, we can label it a Tal reason, and not that it's inaccurate or stupid or anything of that sort, but just something that I haven't quite thought of. And it's like, dude, fuck that. Give me Cook because you know he drank my last Keystone in 2018, and I haven't forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Something, something like that. And, uh, you know, although we're not the ones playing the game, I could see him being like, you know, Eric's never been here before. So give me the, give me the guy that doesn't know how to win down here, you know, um, give me the rookie. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to see what, what comes out of it, but, uh, you know, that's enough loser talk. How about we get into some playoff games? Yeah, that, that, that sounds great, man. Well, um, a, a quick stat as as we get ready to leave the toilet bowl, or as we get ready to hear from Tolliver, hopefully soon, and then you know enter the playoffs. Um, that I thought was interesting. Uh, so in in the ten years that we have available uh, data to us, um, in the toilet bowl, the number ten, the number ten seed, so the, the regular season loser, has only lost the league one time. Is only. Yeah. One time, and that was 2018. Oh, uh, Eric Skyver was the 10 spot, and he he lost both week 16 and week 17, putting himself in Walmart. Um, only happened once in the toilet bowl. And then the, I, I thought super interesting was in the playoffs, in the 10 years that we've had again of, of data, the one seed has never actually gone on to win the fantasy football championship. We've had everything else under the sun, but the one seed has never managed to pull it off. So Jeff in pursuit of his second mug going back to back, uh, has his work cut out from him from a statistical standpoint. That's interesting. Hank, I appreciate those deep stats. Those are, uh, you know, that's something usually you got to pay insider info for. So thanks for giving that out for the people. Um, that's very interesting. I think, wow, yeah, that makes me uh, that makes me not want to play Tom now. <laughs> well, and it it's, it it only adds to the excitement of of next week's selection. But in order to get there, for Jeff to have to make a decision, he's gonna have to pick between one of the two. Can't sleep. Need more players. A modest. Seven and seven out of the three rivers division, and a solid eight and six uh, of juice in the drought from the four winds division. Uh, BK uh, currently owns the owns twenty twenty three. Can't sleep. Need more players. He's gotten them twice, two and zero. Oh. Uh, seemingly likes to go off on his rival. And as you put, which which is awesome that we have two rival games here in the quarterfinals. So, Cook, it's Van Hoof, it's Kokalis. This is the playoffs. What do you say? Yeah, man, I think this is I think this is a great matchup to start us off. Um, I like both of these teams a lot, and uh, um, man, I mean, Brett with Kyron Williams just putting up crazy numbers lately i mean the guys projected 21 this week and uh you know he kind of has the the body of work to say that that's probably a fair a fair point value um and then on the other side van hoof 
his team scares me, especially his his trio of wide receivers of Cup, CD, and AJ Brown is just filthy. Um, and then you know Dak has been Dak's been playing at an MVP level. Um, I think the one, I, you know, I don't know if you want to call it a question mark, but uh, he right now as it sits today, he's got Hubbard starting in his flex. Um, you know, that's above maybe some guys you'd consider like uh, Kenneth Walker, obviously. So we'll see if that changes or if he's going to, if he's going to stick with the, uh, with the Carolina Panther running back. But I think this is a great matchup. And um, I think in playoffs, when it comes down to it, you got to trust your stars. Uh, and to me, I think Van Hoof, maybe has one or two more stars than BK. Um, BK's got a really good team, but I think he has he has some guys that are just guys. And then I think Van Hoof's got the absolute, you know, nasty threesome um, at wide receiver. So give me Hoof in a 2.8 uh, win, point win. Wow. Yeah. I, this is, this is a slugfest. This is the two very, very different playoff matchups that we have here. Um, and I, and I think you said it beautifully and it's kind of been the the star of this late season run for Van Hoof. Um, Dak and CD certainly paired with Cooper and AJ Brown or uh, Cooper cup and AJ Brown. Uh, It'll be so interesting to see what happens because um, Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles are, are very prevalent in this matchup. And the Eagles will go Monday night. They'll, they'll be the last game of, of the weekend. And BK's got Jalen Hurts while Van Hoof has A.J. Brown. So in, in my head, Van Hoof will have the lead by 10 or 12. And then it's just a matter of, do I think Jalen Hurts can outscore his own number one receiver by 12 points? I, I think that's I think that's too many points. I think that's too many points for your own quarterback to outscore when you need when you need a win here because it's been a couple of rough weeks for Philly. Uh, granted, I realize there's a whole you know a lot of other fantasy football players on these teams, but I, I think that's what it's going to come down to from a situation standpoint. Uh, can't in my head see him outscoring AJ Brown by that many um, without his help. So I, I'm taking Van Hoof. I, I think Dak and CD have been too monstrous for for uh, producing the drought to sweep him a third time. Granted, he just did it last week, but I, I, I'm with you, Cook. I I think can't sleep. Need more players. Pulls off what's going to be a quarterfinal upset. Granted, I think I would say that Vegas would would put this game at juice in the drought minus one ten. Can't sleep. Need more players plus one ten. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really well said. I think uh, I love that hypothetical uh, situation going into Monday night, and uh, you know, if you know, let's say that that comes to fruition. If you're if you're a hoof and you're sitting there having to hope that Hurts doesn't get two or three, you know, 
quarterback sneaks from the goal line. That is going to be that's going to be a stressful Monday night. So I hope to see that. That would be fun to watch. And uh, yeah, it looks like we're in agreement with that first matchup. Yeah, de- de- definitely. And then uh, on the other side here, in, in a matchup that does not have any Monday night games, and gonna be super cool having. Um, Saturday football. You mentioned that. I, I, I had totally forgot that they do that when college football kind of hits their, their break here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm excited for it too. It, it, yeah. More excuse to watch football, man. I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. Ne- ne- never going to turn that down. And holy cow. We, I mean, from a projected projection standpoint in the dirty flip flops is the six seed going up against toe knife in the three seed, we have a potential grape situation on our hands here with the projected totals being simply one catch uh, apart. Toe knife with the very slight advantage. Um, Cook, I will, for obvious reasons, pass the ball over to you. Uh, thoughts about this quarterfinal matchup here in pursuit of the 2023 fantasy football mug. Yeah, man, this is, uh, oh man, this is projected to be a good one. Um, like I said earlier, like I, I, it's a bad situation having to lose Herbert in week one of the playoffs, but, uh, to be able to get Stafford and to throw him out there, uh, against a bad commanders team. I like that for Munzee. Um, but I will say, um, I think that the gritty man himself and uh, the high-flying Jay Jettis is going to play and not only play, I I think maybe he, uh, maybe he gets back in the TD column. Um, and then, you know, you got Tyreek and Tua, who uh, I think maybe they bounce back here with a big win against the Jets after blowing one late. So, um, I'm going to take dirty flip-flops here in a close one. And I think some firepower maybe shows itself with the wide receiver matchups. And I think, uh, I think Munzee's reeling a little bit and kind of crashing into the playoffs here. So uh, give me, give me dirty flip-flops in the boys. God, I love you so much. <laughs> I, 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 I think you nailed it. I think, this is a a matchup of just which whoever's whoever subs or injured players prevails will, will be the difference. If if Stafford goes off against the Commanders, uh, or if Jay Jettas and Tyreek Hill can you know play one and, and you know rack up some points like like this is the team I, I drafted you know 15 weeks ago. Hopefully could. I, I, do, I do think I have a good opportunity to win. However, it's Tua and Tyreek have not been what they ha- what they what they once were. Uh, I'm I've been rolling Evan Ingram out there with the backup just because that's what backup quarterbacks tend to do. They throw it to their tight ends. Um, I haven't. I mean, I was blessed by the grace of God to even make the playoffs when I could when I snagged Clyde Edwards a lair last minute when Pacheco goes down. You know, so the the fantasy football gods tilted my way last week in order to get me to this position and you know, I, I wonder how 
can I call on, you know, dad's strength or, or the dad gods to, you know, pull off one more miracle. And I, I, I'm so grateful to not be in the toilet bowl that it, it definitely seems like my, my season could come to an end. Uh, if some of them big boys don't, don't pull up their jock strap. So it, it, it'll be a good one. Um, it's, I've been lucky to play Munns the weeks that I have, and he, you know, really hasn't hasn't put his best foot forward. And as we mentioned a couple of times, it seems like he's kind of limping in. So I, I agree, I was the right selection to pick as the three seed, but as, as the six seed, I, I'm pretty happy with the matchup. I must admit. Yeah, man. Yep, it's going to be a fun one. I think both matchups are. I think both matchups should be really competitive. And uh, I don't know, maybe two of the closest projections for uh, opening round of the playoffs in the past couple of years, it seems like, without, you know, without a clear, uh, uh, say, a, a one versus four seed going at it with maybe a 10-point gap. I think both of these games should be close and, and uh, excited to see how it shakes out. Absolutely love it, man. Well, well, there we go, fellas. The playoffs is underway. Two matchups that we just picked uh, next week should bring some serious spice. Where we'll have two more uh, selections from higher seeds picking out their opponents. Uh, Cook, and, and last but certainly not least, we have yet to hit a Hank's Hot Takes parlay. Uh, I'm, I'm optimistic we can do it this week. So do you have anything that you like? It can be football college basketball any anything you like is there any anything out there that, that tickles your fancy yeah hank um i uh let's throw something out there um i and there's a lot of chalk that i like this week in the nfl which uh which always scares me. Um, but I got a couple games I like. Do you want one or two picks? You know what? Uh, what? It, however many you're feeling confident at, man. We, uh, I'm, I'm ready to roll the dice. All right. So let's go. Uh, I'm gonna pull up the book here. Um, do you do you have a bet before? I gotta just look up uh, something quick. Yeah, of our um, beloved Lions. I am, I am one hundred percent going to pick the. I can't believe I'm saying this, but the New York Giants plus six over the New Orleans Saints. I absolutely am drinking the the, the Danny DeVito. Excuse me, the Tommy DeVito hype train and, and Mo even throwing it in the group me, uh, old Gabagool. Uh, I it was so much fun to watch. It was electric. Um, I it, it's it's a total feel pick. Uh, the Saints are awful. Uh, so give me the New York Giants plus six versus the Saints Sunday at one o'clock. I love it. Yep, I love that. Um, Wow. Off to a good start. We're already winning here. Um, the bet I'm looking for, and I'm not seeing it at the moment, is I want to take the Lions point total as a team. I want to take the over. Um, 
because I think they're going to bounce back this week in terms of uh, scoring some points. Um, Lions total points is 26 and a half. Okay. So give me the over Lions total. Um, I think this is the week, you know, I think they've scored 30 in the majority of their games this year. They haven't for the past couple weeks. Um, I think they're going to get back on track at home. And uh, fun little fact for you, Hank, Dan Campbell, since they went on their run last year, so their last, uh, say, 20 games or so, they have not lost back-to-back games in that time. So I like the Lions to bounce back here. And uh, I don't – I you know, I like them spread, but I – I like the offense to bounce back here, so I would give me the team total. Wow, I, I absolutely love it, and just just because we're, we want, we'll make it a three legger. We're taking Lions money line too. Yep, yep. Give me Lions money line. Um, yeah, I'm probably gonna sprinkle that parlay, that three game parlay. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's 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 pretty juicy too. Lions money line over twenty six and a half for the Cats and New York Giants plus six. It's plus three hundred five. That's that seems like a that seems like a very very doable bet. That's with that's Lions money line or that's uh, covering the spread. That's that's money line. The the money line was like minus one ninety eight. So that 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 it certainly wasn't a a favorable bet. But plus three hundred five. Those three bets put together. That's awesome. That's free money for the people. That's what we do. Dude, I'm telling you, that's the one. Ladies and gentlemen, we just hit our first Hank's Hot Takes Parlay. You can book it. <laughs> I love we're, not gonna, we're not going to regret that at all. Yeah, I'm placing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh, Cook, always an absolute pleasure, my brother. So good to hear everything's going well. And many, uh, not – not as sorry to hear it's not going so great fantasy football wise, but Hey, the last word is not mine. The last word is yours. Take it away. Good, sir. Yeah. Shout out, uh, shout out the crew. Um, hope everyone's having a great, uh, wind down here into the holidays and, uh, hope everyone gets to spend time with the family and, and, uh, enjoy time spent around the holidays. So, Love everyone. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Go Lions. And uh, let's bring home a natty, Hank. Let's bring home a natty. Hail. Absolute hail, Cook. Well well said. Fellas, we'll, we'll, we'll see you next week. And as always, shoo!